Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of Career Talk. Throughout Series 3, we feature themes of startup and innovation to help you develop and grow your own ideas. In today's episode, hosted by Nicola Gittins, our very special guest is Elizabeth Gooch, MBE. The topic covered today includes investment for your startup and tips to help you value your business. Hello, um, I'm with Elizabeth Gooch, MBE, today. And Elizabeth, you've very kindly taken your time out to come and talk to our students and graduate entrepreneurs. But before we do that, do you want to give us a bit of background about yourself? Because I think some of the things that you've done along the way will really inspire them. So do you want to just scene set yourself and your career to date? Yeah, just very quickly. Um, I was uh, I was expelled from school and my uh, father told me I needed to get a proper job. Um rather than lounging around the house. Um, I I was expelled for rebelling and becoming a punk rocker. Having done really (laughs) well at my O-levels, I decided I couldn't stand it anymore. Um, So I built a technology business from my bedroom, starting with a pound, um, me and my cat. Um, And um, that technology company went on to be listed on AIM and then was eventually acquired by some Americans in uh, 2017. Um, and we did some amazing things as a company. Um, we've we've worked for and served most of the banks in the world. Wow! Um, okay. You know, biggest customer was Citigroup with eighty thousand users. Um, telecommunications companies, utilities, business process outsourcers all over the world. You know, amazing. We sold in fifty countries um, through either partnerships or direct. So we did some great things. Um, and it all, it all came from an idea to implement production management from industry into the office and achieve productivity improvement. And it, it became more than productivity improvement. It became people yeah. development, which is you know, really important to me, helping ordinary people to achieve extraordinary things is sort of part of my, my, my value set. Um, so when my business was sold, um, you know, I, what, what am I going to do? I was only 58 at that time, which may sound old to your audience, but I didn't feel it old. Um, but I decided I was going to help startups and scale-ups to, to scale and grow uh, and get investment. That's the, the important mm-hmm. thing. And I, and I do that because um, 90% of startups fail, as we know, um, and you know that's a, a, a terrible failure rate, yeah. but also only 1% of them manage to get investment. So if I can help improve those odds and help them to get investment, that's that's what I will do. And most of the big investors are not interested until you've got to either a million of revenue or a million of annual recurring. So, you know, who's gonna help out yeah. in the what I call the Death Valley. So I, I that's that's where I'm I'm in the trenches with the troops trying to get across that to be successful. And I think you've, you've um, I was looking at your LinkedIn profile before we started today, and I think you talked about the fact of how, how do you put the odds in your own favour, as you say, in that death valley, um, where you're not in the sort of hockey stick coming out of it of growth. And, and, and how, how what, what should our early young entrepreneurs think about to try and get to that stage yeah. and, okay. and, and put the odds, as you say, in their own favour? Um, there are nine, I call them nine drivers for growth and certainly nine fundamentals that help yeah. you to get investment. I'm going to say there's no guarantee and I'll come back to that point. But in terms of the growth, there's nine things that you need to be really clear on. 
and and work on all the time. They're never they're never finished. You never go, oh, I've, I can tick that one. I've done strategy. You can't tick that and go, it's finished. It's constantly being worked. But as a as a founder, as a CEO founder, those are the nine plates that you need to keep spinning all yeah. the time. And so I work with them on those nine nine plates. And some people are really, really good at some of them and really, really rubbish at the others. I definitely wasn't good at all of them. I had yeah. about three or four I was good at and the rest I was yeah. I had to have other players in my team to compensate for what I couldn't do. And as we got bigger, hire people who were better than me to do those same things. But if we concentrate on those nine things, we stand a better chance of surviving. We also stand a better chance of raising money. But there's so much subjectivity in the fundraise process. There's a lot to do with relationships and whether it matches what a fund is looking for and so on and so forth. The odds are still stacked against you, even if you get everything right. Um, but you stand a better chance. So, you know, if we can position businesses to, to present themselves in the right way, then they okay. stand a good chance of getting that money. At the heart of any business, going back to the, to, to, to yourself in, in, you know, with the cat in your bedroom and one pound and everything, at the heart of any business is, is, is an idea or yeah. solving a problem. And, you know, again, I think when, when people start out, there is, you know, especially sort of, I think, young entrepreneurs, they're full of enthusiasm, full of lots of ideas. But how do they go from an idea, as you say, to, to making that happen? And then that catalyst for making that happen to be a business to the stage where I can get investment? Yeah, OK. Um, so uh, people will come, an idea will either be an idea for a product or an idea mm. to solve a problem. Yeah. And the best idea is an idea that solves a problem a product idea is probably good if you've got a really clear understanding of what that product is going to do for someone and can articulate it which then really is flipping you into the idea for a problem solving um, position because if you can't articulate the problem that you're solving who you're solving it for why you are the best person to solve it and why they should buy from you that's the fundamental question then it doesn't matter how good that product is. It's going to stay a product on the shelf. It's never going to become a business. And so really having that proposition nailed is the second most important thing that you do um, when you're you're actually building a business. And And it goes from there because once you've got that idea, it's then, well, how do I acquire, you know, what what should that product look like? Don't finish it off properly. Who are the customers that I should be selling it to? Work with them to get them to help you finish it to be the perfect solution to their problem. And then how do you retain, get them to pay? Get How do you get them to stay? Yeah. Um, how do you deliver so that they always want to stay and they get best value out of what you've delivered? How do you build a team to actually take it over from you so it's not a business if it's just you it's actually you know you're a solopreneur rather than a business really so how do we get others in the team to work with us you know money we've got to manage Mm. the money um and we've got to have you know really good credentials you know those sorts of things and those are some of the nine things that people need to have in place but 100 percent, it starts with as you said the proposition and then you said is that obviously one of the things that you do now with businesses is think about that they want to go investment and as you say almost problem solved backwards there but how do they get to that yeah. point is there sometimes a thing about going too early going too late not knowing when to go um is not there going at all or not going at all and, and mm. can you explain a little bit more about yeah. what you mean by not going yeah, at all yeah 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 um well uh, i have um 
founders come to me for one of two things. Either they've raised money and they then need to hit the targets that they've um, promised to investors, or they want to raise money. And I've always questioned, I always start off with them as a person. What, what is it you're trying to do and why are you doing it yeah. for you? And why do you want to raise money? What's that money being raised for? Because it isn't for everyone. I mean, the minute you take other people's money, I call it, and I stress this all the time, you know, I'm going to raise investment. It's, it's, it's the latest hobby in a way. Like everybody jumps on the bandwagon. I'm starting a business. I've got to raise investment or I'm not a proper business. Actually, that's not true. Proper businesses make their own money from their customers. And taking other people's money is about scaling that faster bigger than your working capital can allow you to grow um and but there's a, there's a trade-off so when you take other people's money it changes your business forever it's no longer your business you become uh, the custodian of other people's money yeah. and you're working for the shareholders to deliver a return for them um and you know so it's it's a different mindset so you know i start off with well why do you want to raise it not what do you want to raise it for but why are you raising money because sometimes people are going, well, I need to grow my business. I said, well, well, why? What's your aspiration? And you, know, I've got one of my clients who for two years has fought off against raising. Well done her. Her goal is only to build a business that turns over five million, that she can take a million out every year. She has no interest in becoming a 50 million turnover mm -hmm. business. She wants to build sustainable revenue at five million so she can take it up to a million out herself. Okay. What a great, you know, it's not a bad, Fantastic. that's a bad plan. A lot of the time you take other people's money and you're not allowed to take much money out yourself until the end. Exactly. You know, she's got a completely different mindset. So why do you want to raise money? I think it's a really important question. So we've got entrepreneurs that are sitting with us in, in an incubator, which the university obviously supports them with. So we've got students and graduates. So they're somewhere, you know, really young in their career, really young sometimes and just sort of general life experiences. How do you think they ought to start to come to solve that problem? And what do I want out of this? Do you think um, you can, that journey can be a squiggly journey, so to speak, that actually you can start off at, with one aim and, and you suddenly find you have aims two, three and four. How does that journey look like, do you think, for a young entrepreneur just starting out? I don't think it's any different based on your age. It's probably okay. a bit faster when you're younger. But um, anyone who thinks business starts here and ends there and it's a straight line is, you know, they're smoking dope, as my old chairman would say. <laughs> fabulous, fabulous guy he is. Um, because business isn't a straight line. So yeah. you, we, you need to have, and this, this applies also if you are raising money, um, you have a general direction that you you're aiming for which is aspirational the, the the thing that gets you out of bed every day that that puts the the fire in your belly makes your head yeah. what is it the head your heart sing and your your head buzz you know yeah. your head heart buzz head sing whichever yeah that that thing that gets you going um but you've your day-to-day -day focus needs to be on the the next sort of one year and goals yeah. that you need to achieve that take you towards that because if you start worrying about the bigger things that are along there you're worrying too early. Everything could change along there. Yeah. So it becomes a wiggly line. It's meant to be a wiggly line. You're meant to adapt. I think yeah. the, the modern word is pivot. Yeah. You're meant to pivot and yeah. keep going. But it's constantly asking yourself every year, is this big, hairy-arsed goal, I call it, or hairy-audacious, I think is yeah. the proper phrase, but yeah. I call it a hairy-arsed hairy goal. Is that goal still what you want this to be? 
and that's how you keep right. keep going and you just need to check in with yourself you know to, it's um even if you are a single person starting a business on your own do a business strategy session with yourself it takes two or three hours yeah you know maybe one day a year and two three hours every quarter am i still going in the direction that i should be that i want to be you know okay. that's the important thing and you know there's, there's sometimes a, you know a, an, an atypical picture an entrepreneur let's say um but actually in terms of that skill based it's so varied but are there core attributes core skills that resilience maybe to keep going is there anything um, that you think is not the magic formula because there isn't one but is there anything that that again how to get to that or how to navigate that squiggly line is there any advice yeah, that you yeah. can give um, i think the ability to strategize yeah. is is important and and that doesn't mean to say oh you've got to be able to do you know boston consulting group <laughs> matrix or any anything yeah. out of a textbook it means can i plan forward right. uh, can i see what it is that i'm trying to achieve and what are the steps to actually achieve that um, so I think that have, being able to have a vision and, and yeah. an idea of how you're going to get there. I think the next most important skill is communication because you, you know, I'm, I'm, I do meet founders who have some absolutely amazing ideas, but they can't articulate them. And, and can't articulate them to customers to or investment. To themselves. Okay. I'm actually working with a, a lovely firm now, very innovative, and, and it's taken me three months to get to the root of what it is we had a, a strategy session um this week and um they at the end of it they actually went oh do you know that was so good we spent so much time looking at all the options they've got too many options going on right so you've got to narrow it down and be able to make a decision okay. but then communicate also what that decision is that you've made and where you want to go so strategy is actually about looking at all the variables pick yeah. a direction through uncertainty be able to communicate to you know investors if you're going for money to bankers if you're going yeah. for a bank to customers to people yeah. so you get everybody on board and then the tenacity and the resilience to keep going because you, you will get hard knocks and when i said you know for the the young people that you were talking about it's probably faster they will make probably a lot more mistakes but they're fearless because they don't yeah. know what they don't know and actually yeah. that's great i'm old and i'm doing this you know again several times and i know too much yeah. because sometimes the knowledge of what could go wrong holds you back the ability to fail get up and treat it as a learning lesson rather yeah. than as a setback and go what did i learn from this now i'm going again you know that is and so so see failure as as as, yeah. as, as, a, as a success in a way because yeah. you know the the the, the, the failure of... is a success because yeah. you've you know if you life is all successes you're not trying hard enough is the is, yeah. the is the thing and i think that's probably the final skill is the ability to listen and learn right um because if you have this sort of know-it-all attitude that you know everything <laughs> Um, a, you'll fail, and B, you'll find you're having to work very hard to reinvent wheels to do okay. the same thing. Someone else has already done most things that we need to do. Yeah. So you've got to be able to find those people out, build relationships with them. That's your communication. Yeah. You know, get them on side with you to help you wherever you're yeah. trying to go to next. Get that person to help you. Yeah. Because um, you, you know, when you've got no money, you need to get them to do it for free, don't you? So you've got to be. You've exactly. got to be good at convincing people to work with you. And you've very kindly taken time out today to spend some time with our with our startups. And you talk about going finding people. Um, 
how, how do you find people? Because finding, say, mentors, finding expertise, finding people that have done it before, how, how do you do that in terms of fostering those relationships? Is, is there any advice about how to do that? Well, there's a lot of fakery out yeah. there and a lot of theory. And I think for me personally, my mentors, and I have them still today, and I've always had more than one, and I've had yeah. them all of my life. I like to find people who can demonstrate to me that they've really done what it is I want to learn from them okay. and not just get it out of a textbook. You know, you want to have people who have done it, but also potentially are prepared to roll their sleeves up and get stuck in. Yeah. Um, there's also a lot of people out there, you know, coin operated. They're looking to make, there's a lot of this, you know, there wasn't this advisory network when I started my business, right. which was a bad thing. There wasn't this advisory network, which was a good thing because mm -hmm. I didn't waste money yeah. on advice that didn't work. So I think you've got to be, quite um particular about who you take on but definitely look for yeah. you know look for bad advice so I've, I've built my own network of people who can help founders that work yeah. with me um and they're a particular value set they're the same as me you know we're very let's get stuff done yeah um you know, we're not theorists Okay. And sometimes when you go out and, and you get advice, get expertise, you, you can get 10 different opinions, which is, which is a good thing sometimes, yep, but it could, you know, yeah. so, you know, somebody coming new to this, how, how do they navigate that bit, as you say, not just somebody's talking theory, not somebody's trying to make money out of it, or just people with various opinions? How do, how do, how do they sort of navigate that and then trust their own inner judgments? that actually I'm going to use a bit of that and a bit of that and I'm, I'm, and I'm going to really yeah. build on that. Yeah. Um, well, interestingly, um, a bit I didn't tell you at the beginning is that my, when my business, we raised, the first money that we raised was well into our lifetime and we listed on AIM. That was the first money we raised and that yeah. was a baptism by fire. And the reason we made that choice, and we didn't know it was going to be a baptism by fire until it had happened, so it was unreversible, let's put it irreversible, um, Taking money from one um, investor, one VC, meant you're listening to one voice. Yeah. And taking money from the city means you, we were listening to nine venture capital investors. And I was very much that sort of a person. I like to work with many people and then listen to all of the advice and then choose for myself yeah. what I think is the best way forward. Um, rather than being told what to do, I'm not really very good. Hence, why I was expelled from school. I'm not good at being told what to do. So um, that's I chose that route. What that meant was, yes, I did make mistakes, but the combination of the learning yeah. and the choice and the making those mistakes, I think, has given me a lot more experience about what works and what doesn't in different scenarios, rather than being told do it this way yeah. and only learning one way. So I think that's you know that's my advice I would say and and I think sometimes you do just have to trust your instincts yeah. if you've listened to the advice and there's a lot of commonality in there because there usually is yeah. then that's probably right sometimes the outlier is the one that you go ah I want to go that way yeah and it takes you on a journey um, and that that for me has been um, you know my business started in financial services but I learned so much by working in other sectors with which and then speaking to people from those sectors and going do you know what i could use that in my business yeah. and bring that here and nobody's done that before so i don't think you should be afraid to look at the outlier and take advice. the blinkers off yeah and take just the, be very open-minded yeah. and maybe ask why and yeah. how and, and it's those who be inquisitive really isn't it uh, yeah i'm nosy that's yeah. my word it is yeah 
continuously curious I think is the professional yes. phrase but I'm just dead nosy I like to learn things uh, well that's the best way isn't it yeah. um so as you say we've got some core elements emerging now it's it's that rooting of the of the, of the very central idea making sure that's right yeah. It's thinking about when you go for investment, how you go for investment, whether you don't go for investments. Thinking then about telling that story to whoever mm. you're going to investment, but making sure that all along the way you're working with people who've got the right values. Now that all sounds very easy, obviously hard to do. And, and as you say, it's you know you'd not... be surprised how many people don't know what they want to do. Really? Okay. Mm, and, think, and why uh, do you think that happens? I think it's personal goal setting. I think right. it's you become part of a sausage machine in life you know it, okay. i mean they all it's not 100 percent like this now but it, it always used to be go to school do a levels go to university get a job and that was what everybody was a sausage machine was yeah. designed to do what's coming after that now is um exactly the same process but the last step is start a business you know build a startup yeah. has become that the next step in that sausage machine um, and so people get taken up with that and, yeah. and very rarely stop to think about what do actually I want? You know, what do I want? And, and actually, why am I doing yeah, it? Yeah, when you're young, I don't think you know. Yeah. I think there's an element of, and I, I said this to my daughter, she was 26, she's still, she's had several jobs in different sectors. She said, I still don't want to want, don't know what I want to do. And I said, it doesn't matter. Yeah. If you're enjoying yourself and learning, your skill will emerge and what you love to do will come out. And the most important thing is that you do something that you love to do, because yeah. if you love to do it, it's not work. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's that I think is how I help people. So my very first step is actually not where you're trying to get to, but what do you want? What what what's what are okay. you about? And, you know, sometimes we need to do psychometric testing to yeah. understand the drivers. And, you know, it, it can sometimes take you know, two or three weeks for people to go actually and and sometimes it's like i think yeah i don't know what i want to do and so we go okay we can work with that let's think and let's see if that is what you want because you can always change it yeah but helping people to work out where they're starting from where they're trying to get to as a person i think is really important building on that then do you think sometimes to succeed it's the passion to create a business or it's a passion to going back to what you said right at the beginning about solving a problem or creating a product do you think you've got to have passion for the sector what you're doing or you just think you need to have passion to want to create a business or a bit of both i think it's all of the above i think yeah. you know um out of coming out of my business yeah. um i was like i need to build another business because i love business right. i love being a founder i love the squeaky bum moments of you know of life not being how you think it's going to be when you yeah. get in your car in the morning um and so you know fishing around for what's that next thing yeah. but I have to build businesses that solve common problems I just have to that's that's just my DNA yeah. and, in, and in fact I was I spent a lot of time post that business yeah. sort of hopping around finding it so I think you've got to start off with um, you know either I want to build a business or I want to build a product there's nothing wrong with actually yeah. wanting to build something as long as if you want to turn it into a business, you know the problem that it's going to solve. Right. You know, there's nothing wrong with it at all. Because actually just building that product itself yeah. might be what you want to do. I do have founders who say, I say to them, what is it you want? You know, I just want to change the world. I just want to improve the NHS. It's nothing about business. It's actually yeah. a much more altruistic goal. And they've got to have somebody with them or to help yeah, them to, to do translate that. that into a business yeah. because it needs to 
you know, it needs okay. to wash its face with money. And do you find founders, successful founders that you work with, kind of share that 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 common that, that passion drives them? Is 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 what drives them? Is is there a common theme to anything? A common traits to any of the founders that you work with? Most of them are male, which is right. sort of one thing we should note. Yes, which is quite interesting. Um, is there a common trait? Um, I think. Um, the successful ones, I yeah. think, yes, want to solve a problem and right. want to, and the, and the problem comes first. I would say that. Right. The, the less, so the clarity yes, and a vision, yes. as you said right at the yeah. beginning. And yeah. the less successful are the ones that want to focus on product, right? Um, only. Okay. You know, I would say I would say that because it isn't a business on its own. You know, right. I was very fortunate in that I, although I work in tech and build tech businesses, I'm absolutely rubbish at tech. Yeah. So I had to have someone with me. I invented the idea, I created the vision of what I wanted, got a product person to build it. Yeah. Fortunately, I managed to teach him sales along the way. <laughs> so he became, you know, more of a business yeah. person. But at the start, he was the engineer. He was under the hood. Yeah. Recognizing what you are, and that that is just one component of the nine things that you need to worry about in a business right. is the important thing. Right. Knowing what you're good at. And then, you know, if all of these nine things are needed which ones should I be okay. responsible for right. and build and which ones do I need to work with? And those people? nine are all the building blocks? I believe so, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I've been working on this for five years and go, okay. what is the common, right. what are the common denominators here? And and these seem to be Can you just boxes. kind of summarise briefly, is it possible to brief summarise brief those nine steps? Yeah, most definitely, see if I can remember them all, that would be very good. <laughs> So the nine things, yeah. First of all, it starts and ends with you. So the beginning of that is, you know, what is it that you want to achieve? I think the second most important thing, as I've mentioned, is the proposition. But by proposition, what I really mean is what's the problem that we're trying yeah. to solve here? And can we communicate it to um, a customer? Does it solve their problem? Will they recognise that it solves it and yeah. they want to pay for it, etc.? So all of those sorts of things that we talk about. Um, you then flip, obviously, to product you know what is the product that needs to to fit with that and you then go to strategy yeah. and strategy is well what is it we're trying to achieve yeah. from a goals point of view and that also encompasses the business model as well because then we're looking at if this is the problem we're trying to solve and the people we're trying to solve it for and this is the product and that's what we're trying to achieve as a goal the rest of these things that I'm going to tell you all then need to support so that you routes to, to get markets that. to yeah. get that. Yeah. So then you're going to, you know, how do we acquire customers? Yeah. How do we look after customers and get them on board yeah. and deliver well to them, retain them, so we keep yeah. them for life? How do we build a team, as I mentioned earlier? Yeah. So that there's a lot then about team and how that scales as we yeah. grow. Money, master the money. We've absolutely got to master the money. Um, and then also looking after what I call the essential credentials. Um, and you know, circling back to mastering the money links also very closely with strategy because this is about the KPIs. You know, how do we monitor that we're actually achieving what we said we would do, both in terms of our strategy, but in terms of value building yeah. as well? We want to build value to realise yeah. this financial goal. So I think that's nine. Thank you. There you go. Um, and I just want to very briefly touch on before before we end is that bit you, you've talked about sort of male entrepreneurs being quite sort of you know there aren't that many female yeah. entrepreneurs. Is there a reason for that? Do you think is there is there a way that we can help young females feel empowered Do to start more, businesses? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure why it is. Um, I'm, in fact, I had I was at a, a dinner 
um, a couple of months ago, and I was asked, um, you know, what what is it that's that's actually yeah. stopping women? Yeah. And a colleague of mine actually runs an incubator at Edinburgh University, right. and he's saying we're getting lots of females through the tech programs, but then when it comes to the incubator, they're all male. And he couldn't work out what it was. Yeah. So I put those two together to see if we could get anything you know, out of it. So yeah. I'm going to say to you, I don't know why it is. Yeah. I think the fact that I specialise in tech, um, it seems to be a bit more nerdy and perhaps less female yeah. interest could be that. Um, as I've said to you, you know, socially, I don't agree that women struggle to get the funding. I think they yeah. potentially struggle to present themselves in a way that gets the funding. Yeah. Um, but I do know lots of fund managers who are desperate to back women. You know, they, they've got money to back women with. Yeah. So, you know, where are the women? Put them so together. It's, it's, yeah. it's maybe thinking this is the time to tell the story and, and, and take advantage of that. Yeah, 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 I do think so. Yeah. Okay. So, Elizabeth, if we go back to you sitting in your bedroom with one pound um, to where you are now with an incredibly successful career, what do you wish you could have told yourself when you were sitting in the bedroom? Um, my gosh, it's an amazing question because I've met so many lessons that I've learned. But I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. Apart from the sale of my business, which I'll come to in a minute, I wouldn't, I wouldn't not make any of the mistakes that I've made, and that's because I've learned so much from them that I've been able to use, you know, later on or or to help other people with. I think I'd probably tell myself personally. Um, uh, some things that I, I haven't really taken notice of and and that harks back to you know my nine things I said it starts and ends with you um you know you need to look after yourself and I didn't particularly look after my myself either my mental health my physical health or my mm. financial health you know I just didn't look after myself at all and taking notice. almost bumbled through life enjoying myself yeah. and then suddenly my business was sold and yes you get you get some nice money out of selling your business but when your business is your identity and it is who you are, it's a big, it's a massive shock yeah. to for it to be to end. And I wasn't expecting it. It was a you know a competitive swoop in. Um, I only own seventeen percent of the business at this point. Okay. Um, investors wanted to sell. Someone had come in at six pence. They were getting one pound twelve offered. <laughs> you know, you know, for them it's a it's yeah. a return on investment calculation. They don't yeah. really care about the emotion that goes into it so I think you know you need to I needed to look after myself a bit more okay. through life's journey um than I did but anyway I'm not a person that looks backwards I'm a person that looks forwards so I think you, you know take the take them the, the yeah. locks and reuse them basically and think about what's possible for tomorrow yes absolutely yeah brilliant well thank you very much Elizabeth that's a lovely way to end thank, thank you, you. <laughs>